Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Wendy Byford, who is a coach, speaker, trainer, and seven-figure small business owner. Wendy, how you doing? I'm doing just fine, thanks. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. It's great to hear that you're doing great, and we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Okay, well... um, you know, I've, I'm kind of a, a three-act person. Um, earlier on, I was in corporate America, so I am a corporate America escapee, and started my own business. We built it to seven figures. And uh, during COVID, that business um, settled down to a lower level, which now we can handle with no problem. And so that kind of gave me the opportunity to do some things that I love. And what I truly love doing is helping people. And that's really my fun. Um, you know, when, when I was younger, I had a dog, my husband and I had this wonderful dog and we loved, um, taking him out hiking and walking and whatnot. And that was fun for us. Just watching the sheer joy of this animal run around and sniff things. And, and every day was, was brand new for him. Uh, so that was just, you know, a a lot of fun and, and just watching that joy. And now, a lot of my fun is watching the joy of people when they learn something, when I explain something to them, when I help them with something, they go, oh, I didn't know that before. That for me is an incredible amount of fun. I love that. I love that. Um, and so do you do that specifically in business? Do you do it kind of across the board of life? Where are you typically helping people out? You know, um, when when we were running our business at a much higher level, um, then, you know, it, it was very much, uh, formal coaching and training for people and doing those sorts of things with the product that we were selling. And so that, that was kind of a set program now with what we're doing, um, running that business at a much lower level, then I get to be a lot more creative in how I help people. And I can do that uh, personally. I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce. And when I go to network at the Chamber of Commerce, I never view that as being work, right? That's fun. That's finding out about people and and what it is that they do and what they need and what their ideal person looks like that they want to work with and seeing whether or not I've got somebody in my Rolodex. I'm dating myself here (laughs) in my database that that would help them or somebody I can connect them with. That's a lot of fun. I can be a lot more creative now in what I do with that. So when I'm coaching, when I'm training, when I'm helping people, um, we sell a membership for legal services and identity theft protection. When I'm doing those sorts of things, it's it's a lot more fun and it kind of all rolls together, both business and personal. Is that legal shield? It is. It is. It okay. kind of yeah, it fit in right with the other work that we were doing. The business that we built to seven figures was setting up LLCs and corporations doing the legal paperwork for that. And so the legal shield just kind of slid right into that, if you like. It was kind of a, a natural fit. 
But all of it was just fun. It was helping people to do something that was important, helping them to understand the things that they needed uh, in order to survive as a business, but also um, getting to know them, getting to know what their hopes, their dreams were, um, how they wanted to do their business and trying to help them, you know, the best way that we could. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that is so important. And that's so, so cool. I've just, I've had um two other people on the podcast. You're the third who um, do legal shield stuff. So it's a great product. It In is. fact, <laughs> uh, it's quite funny because a couple of hours ago I was talking to like, I obviously have legal shield myself mm-hmm. and I was talking to one of the attorneys. I, I called him because I needed to get some advice on something. A client wanted me to do something and I wasn't sure if I really should do it. And so I thought, well, you know, I'll just call my attorney. And it was a great conversation. So fantastic product, regardless of who you get it from. It's fantastic product. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good product. Well, awesome. Let's go ahead and hear a little bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Ah, interesting. A couple of things, really. I have a very strong spiritual background. So when I get up in the morning, my, my first thought or my first energy is always gratitude. Um, You know, it's another day. It's another adventure. Something brand new, unexpected can happen. I can set my intention for the day, how I want it to go, but you know, who knows what's going to happen. So it's that, um, that desire to allow um, the spiritual to come through me and out to other people. And obviously the way that it comes out to other people is by serving them helping them, doing something that uh, will make their lives a little bit easier, a little bit more fun. It's why, you know, people are always surprised when uh, our office phone rings and I answer the phone. (laughs) It's kind of like I was expecting to get, you know, a recording. And sometimes you do. I mean, sometimes I'm busy and I can't answer the phone. But uh, if I can, then it helps that person because they get their issue solved right away. They get whatever it is that they need in that moment. They don't have to, you know, we don't have to play telephone tag. So what gets me out of bed in the morning is obviously, you know, curiosity about what the day will bring, um, wanting to get started on that. Uh, I do my meditation so that I can set my intention and express my gratitude and um, and then get started on, you know, who can I help today? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. It's a um, kind of just excitement about life and excitement about who you're going to serve that day. Absolutely. You know, my dad is 98 years old. <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of astonishing to me, but he's 98 years old. And uh, and because of that, you know, I've, I've got his genes, so I probably will live forever. And if you despair of life, you know, at, at this point, then, I mean, I've probably got another 20, 30 years to go <laughs> before, yeah. you know, before I'm going to, you know, my number's up. And that would just be horrible to live your life in such despair for so long i mean what's the point yeah no absolutely i completely agree it's like honestly any moments that we spend like in stress or worry or like if you just kind of back up a little bit widen your perspective it's like is it really necessary to be stressed about this sometimes it is sometimes it's life or death sometimes it's something really serious but very seldom is it like being stressed about that work event is really what you want to be doing with that moment. You know what I mean? You know, it, it's, it's an interesting point that you bring up um, about the stress. It dawned on me, you know, a, a while ago 
that a lot of stress comes from the fact that we're not worried about what the circumstance will do to us. We're worried about how we'll look in front of other people, what other people will think of us because of the circumstance. And when you really come down to it, people care about themselves. They don't care about you. So what difference does it make what they think of you? (laughs) You know, apart from your family and your, your very close friends, nobody really cares. So if you just look at the situation as I will do the best I can and I will put the rest of it in God's hands or spirit or whatever it is that you particularly believe in, then a lot of the stress goes away. You yeah. just do the best you can. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've been, uh, I'm in my early twenties. So I've been on my self-improvement grind and, um, reading these books talking about like, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live with stress. Like not only like these things don't have to happen. Like they're normal human things. You will encounter them. But like Tony Robbins will be like, yeah, I let myself feel a fearful emotion for like a minute or five minutes or whatever his time frame is. And he's like, and after that, we're like taking massive action. We're going back into our power state. Our, he talks about a lot of stuff. And I just think it's so cool how you can choose now, what you think, what you do, and then both of those things can influence how you feel and what you believe. So, it's it's great that you're discovering this at such a young age, because quite honestly, most people go their whole lives and they never figure out that you know, with the old hippie saying of you create your own reality. Yep. The truth behind that is massive, because whether you understand it or not, you are in contact with the quantum field. And the quantum field is where creation takes place first in thought and then in 3D. Nothing happens here in this world except it's first created in thought. And so if you're running around thinking about what could happen, if you're thinking about danger, if you're thinking about uh, all of the things that, that might go wrong, then you're surely creating that life. But if you sit quietly, you contact that quantum field, that that field of thought where, you know, nothing exists yet. And you put your intention of what you want your life to be like out there and then move forward and trust that that is what's going to happen. You will be amazed at the life that you will live. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. (laughs) Well, cool. Now we're going to jump into your dreams and goals. So 20, 30 years left. That's a lot of time. You can change a lot of lives. What is your vision for that 20, 30 years? You know, it took me a long time to figure out what I really wanted. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, right? Because if you're in your 20s or your 30s or 40s even, you know, it's kind of like, I know what I want. I want to do this. I want to have that. I want to be this. And you kind of go through that whole stage. And I sat down one day and I said, you know, Everything that I wanted to be, do, and have has been dictated by other people, what they thought that I should be, do, and have. And so what is it that I really want? Me as as this human being, you know, running around on this earth, what do I really want? And I found that surprisingly, what I really want, my dreams are very simple. They, They have nothing to do with what the media thinks that I should have or be or want or do. It has everything to do with spending time with the people that I love. Mm. Because, you know, even though 30 years sounds like a long time, it goes by so fast. 
And so spending time with my husband every day, we've worked together 24 seven for almost 20 years. So being with him every minute that I possibly can, you know, keeping in touch with my family. We, I talk to my dad every day. I see him on zoom every week. Right. I, I talk to my siblings, but being in touch with your family, being in touch with your friends, letting them know that, you know, you're there because we always think, well, our friends know I'm here. And if, you know, if they need me, they'll let me know. No, they won't. If you don't tell them, if you don't reach out to them, they don't know. They don't know that you still remember them, that you still care about them. So spending time that way is really important to me. Spending time with people who need help. That's important to me. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I've just ended a session with uh, someone that I was coaching and she said, I have learned so much from you. And then she said, do you mind if I call you once in a while? And you know, the, the, the salesperson in you wants to say, well, you know, here, here's my list of what it's going to cost you to do that. Yeah. But the human being in me says, sure. You know, I'll give you 10 minutes of my time, 15 minutes of my time. Sure. Give me a call. Yeah. Because that's being in service. So it's, it's being able to help people, being able to, to, you know, spend time with my cat. She's an older cat. And strangely enough, older animals often are afraid that you're going to leave them because they're older. Right? Oh, wow. So making sure that she knows that we're there for her, right? That, that, you know, she can go outside and I'm not going to lock the door and walk away and she can never come in. Um, which, you know, that's a fear for animals. So making sure that, that she knows that we're there. Um, being the best human being that I can be is important to me at this age. So, you know, I, I've, I've had, the, the wonderful opportunity to travel over so much of the world, to see different cultures, to interact with different people. And I've noticed that, you know, strangely enough, most people want the same things. And it's one thing to hear somebody say it kind of like, you know, a statement, but to actually live it, it's quite amazing. You know, the the people that I, I met in China, the people that I've met in India, the people that I, I've met in the UK, I mean, people are the same in their basic needs and wants the world over. And if we can just see that in people, if, if you can get in touch with your humanity, your compassion, your empathy, um, and, and our desire, our true desire to serve, that's to my mind, becoming a better human being, evolving into what we can truly be. Mm. It's a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Had so many great things in there. So it's really like spending time with people who, who you love and like reaching out to them consistently and being the best human you can be, serving as many people as you can. Yeah, it's... To my mind, it's important. Now, I have the luxury of having, you know, our family is grown. Our, our children are older. Uh, our grandchildren are well on the way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not running around in the sandwich of trying to look after parents and kids at the same time, which a lot of people are. And, and I, I know that in some instances, it can be absolutely overwhelming. Yeah. 
so I'm at a different stage. And so my dreams are different. And I realize that. But I view that as kind of a blessing. I've made it this far. I've got through um, the fires and I've, I've, you know, been through um, some of the things that, that, you know, other people are, are going to face. Um, we had one year when we moved um, four times in three years. Mm. And, you know, the, the amount of stress that that put on us was enormous. Um, you know, we, we've had situations where, you know, we've been in fire zones where there's only one way in and one way out and you can't tell if the fire is coming in your direction, you know, yeah. um, those sorts of things. Um, so at this point in my life, I think my wants and my needs have really been pared down to what is very basic, you know, by my spiritual practice, my love for the people that are important to me and as much as possible for others and my ability to help to impact other people's lives, to be there um, when they need me and to, uh, you know, offer whatever resources I can. Those, those things are very basic and very important now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, our next question, I'm curious to see how you answer it, actually. If there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards fulfilling these dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you? Oh, my goodness. Do they have to be alive in your sense? Ideally. <laughs> okay. Uh, most of the people that I'd like to talk to actually are no longer in their bodies, so... <laughs> You can you can you can tell us you can tell us some of them then maybe there are some people who also want to talk to those people that you can talk to that are currently in their bodies so well I um, I follow uh, a fellow named um, Paramahansa Yogananda who uh, was a yogi and a guru from India came to the U S in 1920 and founded um, Self Realization Fellowship and his writings are prolific. Uh, his his knowledge was so deep. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to someone talking about quantum physics and turned to my husband and said, but that's exactly what Yogananda said. He, he was an amazing human being um, and also an avatar uh, who... And if you understand how this energy works, when they say, you know, an avatar never dies, just like you never die, their spirit is always there. And they can reassemble the molecules of their bodies to look like, you know, just like you and me, if they want to, or they need to. Um, they just exist in a different plane most of the time. And so he would actually talk to other leaders to find out things, which was uh, fascinating to me. I would like to sit down with him to ask him my spiritual questions uh, on this path of, you know, truly helping other people, truly being of service, um, how, how to go about some of the things that, uh, that I would like to know. So he would be probably top of my list to speak to. Um, if I were going to go out in the world and, and speak with somebody else, probably, probably Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, 
I like the way that he describes um, working with the quantum field and the different dimensions and how to go from one place to another. And so he he would be another person I would like to have a conversation with because, and this has a theme, right? And the theme is I'd like to talk to people who understand, who truly understand that we do create our own reality and they know how you do it. And so kind of picking their brains about, you know, some of the finer niceties, if you like, of doing this would would actually help me to be able to create the life that I want and that life of service, if you like. Um, and if I were going to talk to somebody just for fun, now that, that would be a challenge. Um, because for fun, I would like somebody to challenge me mentally. Um, and there are probably writers that I would I would want to speak with. Um, oh gosh, I'm remembering her book and not her name. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> <laughs> she wrote The Handmaid's Tale, and she's actually um, she writes out of Canada, and she's always struck me as being profoundly sensible. Is it I, Margaret Atwood? Yes, Margaret Atwood. Thank you, Margaret <laughs> Atwood. I would love to have a conversation with her uh, because she would be challenging. You know, it's some I sometimes look at what's happening in the world, in our society, and that book scares the living daylights out of me because it's more real, I think, than she even realized when she wrote it. And I would love to have a conversation with her about how she thinks that our society is changing. And I guess the last person that, you know, if I could talk to would be somebody who understands um, or who has perhaps a feel for what the next step in the financial world would be like, because our financial institutions cannot keep going the way they are, they, they are gonna crash and burn. And so it really comes down to, so what's the next step? What's the logical next step? I have tremendous difficulty um, with knowing that I'm in a place that would allow people to die on the sidewalk because they don't have health insurance or not you know, having people go hungry because for some reason we think that it's charity to give people food like basic necessities. And so I would really like to talk to somebody about what would what would the, be the mechanics of moving the world forward into something that is more compassionate, is more just, um, is, uh, is healthier. Um, and I'm not sure that I know who that person would be. So I'd have to leave it up to the universe to bring that person to me. I was muted. Sorry about that. Um, I have a um, very intense desire to do just that, actually. Mm -hmm. You see this background that says left with love connected by choice? Yeah. It's kind of like a um, uh, the, the like system that I have in mind 
is really like we're going to have to rally a bunch of people and it's going to take advantage of the generosity of people in a capitalist society mm -hmm. on a wide scale. And so that's actually it's really funny that you mentioned that because it's one of the things that I want to spend my life doing of like, oh, go for it. It's interesting that you say generosity because I wonder if part of that generosity is not simply giving money, but contributing know-how, contributing yes. ideas towards making it sustainable because yes. the money will run out. Mm -hmm. But if you can teach somebody how to build a machine that will continue on creating uh, you know, whatever it's, it's needed. These, um, I can't remember what city it was where they actually decided they were going to put together a project to create these tiny homes for the homeless. Yeah. Nothing spectacular, just basic home, you know, with, um, with facilities, you know, so they could shower and whatnot, um, make a little meal and, you know, just be out of the elements. And they actually made it happen. There, there are lots of, when, when people get together with a real purpose and a real desire to make something happen, the ingenuity that comes out is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I, I, I wish you all the best with, with that project because there are some absolutely fantastic people out there that I'm sure would, would love to get involved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You got me all excited now. <laughs> yeah i love it i'm really passionate about it and um yeah it's what i want to spend the rest of my life doing so great that's one of my dreams <laughs> awesome well now we're going to go ahead and jump into the thriving three and the okay. first question is what is your favorite book movie or podcast pick one okay my favorite movie is american dreamer why that movie? And the reason why I love this movie is because it was probably the first movie that ever made me laugh with total abandon. I gotcha. It was, um, it was so off the wall in some ways, but I could recognize things in it, um, things that needed to be addressed. And when I watched the movie, I mean, the first time I watched it, I was laughing so hard I could hardly breathe. <laughs> it, was, it was just amazing. And strangely enough, many years later, a friend of mine um, contracted cancer. And uh, when she was recovering, I got her a copy of the movie and, and gave it to her and said, you need to laugh. In order to heal, you need to laugh. And this is my favorite movie. And she looked at it and she said, this is my favorite movie <laughs> yeah so it, it it has a a long pedigree of, of of helping people to heal through laughter um and just spend you know an hour or so in total delight so that's my favorite movie there we go there we go i love it american dreamer i'll have to go watch it i've never even heard of it so it's it's not a cult movie it's it's not well known in fact um it uh, it took me a while to be able to find a CD of it, uh, but you you can find it. 
And the only thing that I can tell you is keep watching it past when you think you should stop. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Sounds good. Sounds good. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Oh, dear. My taking care of myself is spending downtime with people that that are important to me. So um, we're in the process of uh, getting our house ready to put on the market. We uh, are going to downsize. Uh, my husband has some health issues and whatnot, so it'll be easier for me to look after a smaller home. And uh, we're going to take some time in between when we sell this house and we go into another property so that I can spend six or eight weeks with some friends in California and just chill. Mm. I love that. Yeah, just do whatever we want to do and have fun. Yeah. It's such a, um, such a freeing feeling to just wake up and be like, take the day on, you know, you're not already booked out by the minute. You're not already like kind of in your rigid schedule, but it's like, I'm just going to flow with the day. And, you know, you can set up your days to do that more consistently, but every now and then some more often than not, you get caught in the rigidity of a schedule. So. Right. So it'll, it'll be fun. We will, excuse me, let our clients know that we will check our voicemails. <coughs> excuse me. So we're not abandoning them but we won't be as readily available as we have been in the past yeah. for just a little while. So we can kind of recharge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to maximize spending time with your loved ones? What I do right now is I stop my day. Um, earlier than I used to. I, for me in the past, working a 60 hour a week was nothing. Yeah. You know, you, you could often find me at my desk at nine o'clock at night. Yep. Um, I don't do that anymore. I actually will stop my day, usually sometime around three o'clock in the afternoon, unless I have a call uh, that's booked or I have a chamber event that I've decided to go to or whatever. I'll usually stop about three in the afternoon and spend time with my husband who's recovering from his second surgery this year. Um, and during the day, we'll, we'll always touch base because I want to make sure that he's okay. He's not in pain. Everything is, is okay. And frequently I'll drive him to his therapy and whatnot, but around three in the afternoon, we'll, we'll stop and we'll chat about our day. See, you know, what needs to be done. If there's anybody that needs help right away, um, there's something that we need to do, or we can just sit. We can talk. My husband likes to read. Um, I am addicted to British murder mysteries. I have to tell you that. Don't, don't let anybody know. <laughs> and uh, not not the really gory ones, but the you know the kind of gentle murder mystery, the Agatha Christie type stuff. And uh, so I might watch um, an episode of something or other, and then uh, have a, a light dinner and just. Um, then we might watch something, we might meditate, but just be, just being together, I have learned, my husband and I have been together for about 30 years. Yep. And what I have learned that makes this marriage so special 
is that we're both perfectly happy just being together. Mm. Don't have to do anything. No, yep. don't have to be running around. Don't, you know, don't have to be having these great intellectual conversations or whatever. But just being together, being able to sit there in that energy. And people a lot of times don't understand the value of, of a specific energy. But in that quiet, compatible energy, just to sit there and not have to do anything, but just enjoy the fact that you're together. That is so important. You know, somebody asked me, he said, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get married in, you know, in a few years. He said, you know, what, what should I be looking for in somebody to marry? Um, because he, he knew that my husband and I had been together for so long. And I said, marry somebody who's kind because the the looks will go away the physical attraction will you know will lessen over time but the kindness will grow so yeah. marry somebody who's kind there we go i love that and now we're going to jump into our final series of questions <laughs> now i didn't send these beforehand and they require a bit of pretext so if you don't know the answer feel free to say i don't know feel free to move on uh, and stick with me as I read them. Okay. So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst that helps people make that switch is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you agree, disagree, have anything to add or subtract? I think I would agree. If you have grown up with a closed mindset and you're very set in your ways, then in order to make an extreme change, you need something fairly extreme to happen in your life. Yeah. So it might be something like, an illness you didn't think you were going to survive or, you know, the light on the road to Damascus sort of thing yeah. um, to, to make you open up. It's got to be something fairly significant. Yeah, absolutely. And so given that same amount of inspiration or desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't? I think, you know, in all honesty, it has to do with the why. If you don't have a reason to make that change, regardless, you will go back to what you were doing. And it may be, you know, and, and as sad as it may be, you may not be able to make the change because there's nobody in your life to make it for. There's no reason to make that change. There's no reason for you to to live longer, better, happier. Yeah. I think people make that change when they realize that there is something they desperately want to make the change for, some person or some circumstance. Um, and it could be, you know, you wake up one day um, and 
you you realize that you want to live for your family or you want to live you know long enough to you know walk a child down the altar you know, down to the altar or something yeah some, some circumstance that you really know that if you don't change you won't be there for them or you'll never get to see something or you'll never get to do something that you truly want to do so there's got to be some why that that you that you do it for absolutely absolutely i love that and some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger more consistent amount what do you think establishes that threshold and can it be influenced You know, I, I think the amount that you need to, to shift really depends upon where you are on the scale to begin with. You, you may be stuck in your ways because you're just a little lazy, right? Change takes effort. And so you need a push, a why to make that change, but it's not that difficult to do. It's just that you're a little bit, you've been a little bit lazy about it. For other people, it may be, you know, a lot, a lot more difficult because they've been immersed in a certain way of doing things, a certain way of being since the time they were born. And, you know, they've had generations and generations and generations of these things. You know, if you look at um, addiction, for example, um, you know, people will, will sometimes look at addicts and say, you know, why don't they just change? Well, if you're in a situation where every generation in your family has been, you know, addicted, you know, you've had alcohol problems, you know, for the last five generations, it's all you know. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to tell somebody that they can make that change and they may have to be brought to their knees so low that they can't get up and then realize that they need help much greater than themselves to be able to make that change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I like that a lot. Well, we got one last question for you. So for this question, keep in mind a person that has a really fixed mindset, they're not willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. So in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And he talks about making it obvious, making it attractive, making it easy, and making it satisfying. With that context in mind, and the avatar I just told you to kind of keep in your head, how can we, you and I, create an environment that makes it more obvious, more attractive, more easy, and more satisfying for that avatar to make the choice that will change their life? I think what you're talking about is to is the mechanics of doing whatever the new thing is as opposed to making the choice. I don't think that atomic habits is actually addressing it's not the issue of making the choice itself. It's the not. making the choice is coming from a totally different place. And so it really goes back to 
why is this person going to make that choice? Where are they on the continuum of, you know, how long have you been doing this? How, how you know, stuck in, in this culture are you? And then why would you make that choice? It, it goes back to that. Um, and I, I am not of the opinion that you or I can necessarily help with that choice. You know, it's, it's, it's that person's dark night of the soul and something that they have to come through and they have to make that choice. And we can be there to support them, to help them, to give them information, to cheer them on. But, you know, when it really comes down to it, it really, it really is their path to follow. It's their, it's their decision to make. It's their reason why they're here on earth. What is it? Why, why are they here? Yeah. You come back to a very fundamental question of why are you here? What is it that you need to learn? And if you've come in with this very closed mindset you know, and this inability to accept help, then you're probably here to learn how to open up and realize that you're part of a whole, that you're part of one, that, that we are all here in, in this together truly. So what do you have to go through in order to come to that realization? It's not a path that we can walk for that person. All we can do is lay breadcrumbs and hope that they can follow them so that eventually they come out of that dark night into the light and they can make that decision. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. Um, that is typically uh, the answer that it comes down to, right? Like we can't make the choice for them, but you know, we can support them. We can give them information. We can lay those breadcrumbs as you were talking about and hope they make the choice themselves. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Wendy, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? I think I would like to encourage people to spend at least some of your day in joy. Mm. It's not worth living without it. Don't, don't let the work and all of the other excuses overcome that simple desire to live in joy. I love it. Well, awesome. Wendy, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're quite welcome. It's been a joy. Thank you for asking me. Absolutely. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Wendy had to say, all the ways to contact her will be down in the show notes. As we always ask, go ahead and shoot this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message. If you liked us, go ahead and give us a rating, five stars, preferably on iTunes. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.